Kanye West is one of the most, perhaps even the most, influential person to ever grace the world of hip-hop. And as a student of the game myself, and as just a regular person who enjoys doing human activities, I have come to truly admire not only Kanye West as a person, but also so many of the contribu con contributions that he one take. We're doing this in one take. As as an odd fish, <laughs> as an odd fish, I would have to concur with the Commodore's opinion on this topic. It's it's I almost would, universal. If I you would really not think about. I it. would not only say that he's an influencer, but a game changer Agreed. in the world of hip hop, in the world of fashion, and in the world of culture, among many in this country and around the globe. The Commodore, I think you've taken a great stance on this, and I am ready for this episode. Wow, you're more, more enthused about Kanye than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, maybe you should do this episode on your own. <laughs> You go take a lap and I'll do the episode. Yeah, for sure. Okay, right. I'll, I'll catch you in a second. While the Commodore is taking a lap, let's get into <laughs> what we're going to be going through here. <laughs> we are going to be breaking down the goods, the bads, the, the ins and outs of the man, the myth, the legend, Kanye West, and his Kanye's best. And we're basically going to be going through a ranking of all of his albums, and also a little sprinkling in of uh, our thoughts, uh, his singles... His um, ups and downs in the fashion industry and whatnot and everything else he's done over and the just years. the moves that he's been making, like the ripples he's been causing in the world of pop the culture, ripples. too. Because, okay, let's be, let's be real <laughs> here, dude. Whether or not you love or hate Kanye, you either love him or you hate him. Like, there are very few people that are just indifferent towards Kanye as a person. He's speaking straight facts right now. Um, and, and those who know me personally know that I do have somewhat of an attachment to Kanye. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, out of all the episodes that we've done, this is the only one I really feel qualified to speak on. So <laughs> I, I sure hope that everybody takes to this episode well. So, And uh, the reason that the timing for this is crucial because um, we just saw Kanye's Jesus is King film. Right. So the um, film and the album have just recently dropped. Right. After after so long of waiting and so many different like promises of a new album, we finally gotten it. We've had the chance to sit on it. So now we wanted to give you guys a ranking of Kanye's albums from his Kanye worst to his Kanye best. Exactly. So, uh, do you want to do you want to explain the rules a little bit? So basically, um <laughs> No, I don't want it. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> The way we decided to do this is uh, we're just going to go we're going to go with my ranking and I'll give you my ranking of Kanye's albums from worst to best and uh, and Rich will be like giving his own his own thoughts and stuff but for now my ranking will be like the primary ranking we stick with and then well Kanye basically not Kanye Pranav basically knows No, the, you had it right the first time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kanye basically knows the ins and outs of Pranav's life. Yeah. And uh, he he's really going to have uh, a a few things that a lot of you are not gonna know about are things that you know none of us really would care to divulge into. But yeah, those are that things nobody that... really cares about except for me. <laughs> 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 Fuck it, let's get into it. 
Okay. And then a few weeks later, we'll be doing the same thing with uh, with our Frank episode. Just whenever Frank reversed, drops the so. album, whenever he does that, hopefully. Fingers Without crossed. further ado, after uh, after beating around the bush for almost four minutes, let's get into this episode. You know, I love beating around the bush. Okay, <laughs> uh, let me ask you the toughest question, or maybe the second toughest question of okay. the day. What is Kanye's worst album? Okay, so let's, first of all, let's go on the record and say, I don't believe that Kanye has ever put out a bad album. And I might not be, that may, that may not be a popular opinion, I don't know. But starting at number 12, we'll go with uh, the Good Music, Cruel Summer compilation. Sure. And this is something that not a lot of people know even exists. Like it was kind of just, uh, it was made in like 2010, I think, and just kind of swept under the rug just because... uh, and even like Kanye will say this himself, they kind of they kind of lost sight of the goal they were trying to achieve. But for those of you who don't know, Kanye is the president of his own record label, or at least he was at the time, president of the record label Good Music. And this features, uh, well, he has, he has lots of artists uh, that are on it or have been on it um, that have become big names. So like whether they're Travis Scott, Pusha T, Designer, he's got John Legend, he's got some, some big names signed to Good Music. And this was their... Very first attempt at a compilation album. So, uh, not great in your opinion. Um, not great in terms of comparing it to the rest of his stuff. Yeah, and it also like it wasn't really a Kanye album. It was like a compilation album that Kanye had. Uh, he was he was kind of the leader of, kind of like the the Dreamville album that J Cole just dropped. But um, it's funny you say that because when I listened to Cruel Summer, I thought of two albums specifically that would sort of on the same uh on playing field of like okay here's here's one artist and then here's a bunch of other artists that wanted to help him out you know collaborated with him right so the two albums that came to mind were one dreamville album yeah but um they're sort of like a collective already right they're all they're all gang already yeah and they've been um i don't know just like a more a sort of a group already versus here's a bunch of collaborators who don't well they're all like in the same record label so they all kind of are a group too right um Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, and then the other album that came to mind was Ed Sheeran's new album, Number Six, in which oh, he, where basically, he got like a bunch of like collaborations yeah, on basically it. Basically, yeah, everything's a collaboration. And so I would lean more towards uh, Cruel Summer being like Number Six, where it was a bunch of collaborations that I didn't totally feel like fit together. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, whether it was just the voices that you know were in a song, or whether it was the different styles of production or styles of music that each artist had individually and was coming together at the time, um, I just didn't feel like it gelled together. Yeah, and if you look at the timing, this is it's like right between Twisted Fantasy and Watch the Throne, so it does like compared to those two albums, feel like it's kind of lacking a little bit in like production and group chemistry compared to the other two albums, but still, still very good album. Um, some of some of my favorites include. To the world, new God flow, Sin City, and the one. So yeah, I think most people probably recognize Mercy. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Sure, everybody knows about that one. But um, next on the list, number eleven out of Kanye's albums in in our opinion, I want to go with Watch the Throne. Interesting. And okay. The reason for that is it might just be personal bias, just because it's a it's a title only album. So I've definitely like spent less time with the album than a lot of the other ones, but um. Watch the Throne, classic Kanye and Jay Z, and uh, the way the way they made this is kind of like reflective of the album. Uh, 
as a whole. Like they spent a lot of time in like different hotel rooms around the world with like different celebrities and they li- they lived this extremely luxurious lifestyle while they were in the process of making this album and and the like the whole point of it is to express like the two of them are like they're the duo, the dynasty, the dream team. And uh and it was cool, but it also seemed like a little bit too surface level for a Kanye album that like you won't you won't find of, that many in terms like, of lyrics deeper, or yeah yeah you just won't find that many like deeper deeper tracks on it mm-hmm. you know what I mean especially in comparison to like yay and things are yeah or, yeah yeah things that are really really diving into his personality um what do we feel about how do we feel about Jay Z Jay Z I like him you can't you can't deny how like influential Jay Z right. is he's, he's like he's Kanye's mentor but it also did seem like that album was like a passing of the the torch from Jay-Z's generation to Kanye's generation. I see that's a pretty that's a pretty good analysis of it. I like that. Um I think Jay-Z's yeah, Jay-Z definitely had his peak before Watch the Throne. So. Yeah, I I think so too. Um yeah. Which is interesting cuz you feel like if two powerhouses are collaborating, you might get something absolutely insane. <laughs> I mean, we did. It just wasn't with Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that later. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We'll get to the powerhouse collaboration later. But um, some of our favorites on the on uh, Watch the Throne: No Church in the Wild, Otis. Otis is legendary, and uh, <laughs> and the song about them being in Paris. So, oh, um, what, what, what was that? I I names just not coming huh. to my mind. So if if anybody can help me out, I think <laughs> tweet us oh, at hashtag Oddface. Neighbors in Paris. There you go. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> but um, this is one of those times um, where Kanye like really like still like you know admired Jay Z as a mentor, and uh, there's this like I think he was like really high up in his production game at that point because there's there's this story that Kanye made the beat for Otis in like ten minutes before they had to leave to catch a flight, and now that's like one of the most iconic songs in the album. So very. Very cool production moment. That sounds like Kanye. me finishing a model 10 minutes before my yeah. final review. And it turns out, hopefully it'll turn out excellent. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Never does for me, but Kanye can pull it off. <laughs> oh my God. All right, number 10. Let's hear it. Number 10 on the list, we got the newest installment from Kanye West. Oh boy. Jesus is King. Oh and boy. And possibly his most controversial album too. I would say definitely his most controversial just just in the one week that we've had it i mean there's oh, yeah. so many ups and downs everyone's and... talking about it i feel like and yeah. everyone either likes it or hates it um so number 10 huh number it's 10. far back there it's it's far back there i i still i personally like the album i know you didn't like it very much um and i i get it. a lot of people didn't like the album um i like the album i think that um i don't think there was anything wrong with the fact that it was a gospel album like because let's be real, like Jesus Walks was one of his biggest hits. Ultralight Beam was one of his biggest hits. Like nobody's ever, um, I guess the fact that Kanye is Christian is never really like not appealed to people, or it's never been like a like a make or break factor in that way. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think the fact that Kanye has been a Christian has been a make or break factor, but the fact that he's sort of embraced it and switched his mindset completely, yeah. you know, and and now he claims to be serving the god or serving the lord right or he literally i think he says he works for jesus right which is a a big difference from one year ago when we got i love it yeah 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 exactly (laughs) so it's yeah it's hard to imagine the same person making both of those songs but yeah um, i i do think it's a very like different like 
mood and a different attitude that he's adopting. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to say it's a bad album. There were a lot of songs that were really good off it, like uh, like Follow God, Everything We Need, Use This Gospel, Water. Um, there were quite a few good songs on it, but I do think as a whole, it doesn't quite measure up to some of the other Kanye albums. And that's also partly because we had so much hype for it. Like back when like Not it was even, still supposed to be Yandi. Like we've been right, waiting on this exactly. album for so, so long. Because even if it's even if it wasn't Jesus is King, we've just been anticipating a Kanye right. album. And when we're hit with this, it's like, eh. Yeah. You know? and but one thing I do want to say is that um, his 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 use of this choir, the 300-person yeah, yeah, choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the right? thing that's like originated with the Sunday service. And exactly. And, and this whole album. thing he's been doing for a while now. I think, I just feel like the use of a choir is so powerful. It's a really great idea, yeah. It is. And I think he fell short of the mark on that. I mean, in terms of having a choir and... Um, you know, composing the music that is meant for a choir and, and right. making it... There's there's one thing to do it in the gospel version, which is what he did, and then, you know, right. trying to bridge the gap between gospel and hip-hop. And then there's other artists who have obviously used it in R&B or, or uh, straight-up hip-hop. Yeah. And I just feel like out of the examples that... Um, none of them are coming to mind right now, but out of the people that have used choirs or the way you can use a choir to create an album, I didn't feel like he hit the mark with that. I'm not sure how to explain it better. I think that you're kind of right and like i think that and we'll get to this later but like some of the uh some of the leaked versions on yandi i think utilized a choir in a more promising way than Mm -hmm. this did but we can we can get into that later because there was a you know he did the james corden thing right i already talked to you about this but yeah he did the james corden thing where uh the the air pool karaoke right and uh i was listening to that and it's literally james corden surrounded by um the entire choir on a flight right and kanye and they start singing Jesus Walks in the mm-hmm. choir version. And like, it gave me chills straight oh, up. Oh, dude, that's crazy. Like just, I wasn't even in them. I wasn't there, but just listening to the choir and you can hear, I'm sure they had like yeah. mics set up in different places yeah. or whatever, but oh, that was beautiful. That's one of my favorite things about the short film that we watched too. The choir was like so, so powerful the whole time. Okay, so let's get to the short yeah, film yeah, yeah, real let's quick. Let's talk about the film. There's, I, in my opinion... I feel like every album or every piece of music should have some sort of a visual identity associated with it. For sure. And, you know, whether that's Frank or Kanye or whoever else, I feel like whether it's just the album cover or a music video or, in this case, a full 33-minute IMAX movie, um, I feel like there should be some visual that represents what the album is, represents the the thoughts inside the um, artist's head, and just stands as a visual representation of what the album should stand for. Yeah. So, that being said... Your thoughts on the movie? Um, I think that I will say that like not the movie was not very popular at all, but I will say that although I would have liked to maybe have a little bit more of what it was because it was essentially a bunch of like Sunday service clips filmed from like really cinematic angles with like with the production like design of it uh, really carefully planned out. But for how long it was to like the the actual like content, it fell short of because I was expecting some something similar to the Runaway short film that he did for Twisted Fantasy. Oh, that was nice. And yeah, it fell a little short of that. But I still enjoyed it because it helped me like get inside Kanye's head a little bit more and understand that like there's this like spiritual like experience that he's creating and he's like a part of with this whole Sunday service thing that he's doing. And when you're like surrounded by that experience and even more than that, when you're one of the leading causes of it, like I can, 
And, and, you know, like, it's something that you've grown up with. Like, he's, he's like, grown up with Christian values and stuff like that. And I can, I can totally see how somebody can be, like, surrounded by this experience that they have created. And then they're like, okay, I would want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, it just, it made a little bit more sense to me what was going on inside Kanye's head at the time. I guess he's achieved his goal then, in a way. Because that, that was his point to, like, you know, right. bring people together in that way. Um, for me, it just doesn't... I wasn't able to latch onto that idea as much. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that Kanye can go and make such a transformation. You know, black, like a black and white. Like that. Yeah. yeah, just complete night and day sort of a transformation. Um, whether it was one year ago, I love it to now. Jesus is my boss, sort of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kanye went from saying "You're such a fucking hoe" to "I work for Jesus." Yeah. So it's just hard for me to digest, but. Um, to each their own. With that being said, let's go on to number nine. And for that one, we've got Ye. And Ye was... Really? Yeah, Ye was an extremely... Ex- um, after after Jesus is King, I would say every album for me after this is either a nine or a ten out of ten. Like these... It's, it's crazy how these albums are all like so good and so different in their own way. Um, Ye was like this extremely... It's like you like Kanye or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost like... <laughs> like I'm a Kanye fan. Imagine that, bro. Imagine that. <laughs> Who's Kanye? <laughs> All right, go on, Ye. But yeah, Ye was this like extremely like personal album that he, he'd been in like Wyoming, like secluded for a while with just like a couple people coming through the studio. With Bon Iver? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like Bon Iver. <laughs> yeah, you know who it is, but, um, but this was one of those albums that, um, that were in Kanye's like five albums over the summer that he did in 2018. Uh, it was the second one he made, and it was like I said, super personal. But one thing that um, I think a lot of people know this, but um, the original version of Ye was actually scrapped two weeks before it was supposed to come out. So everything you hear on Ye was put together in just two weeks for the most part, and so that's why the production seems kind of like minimalistic, maybe like rushed just a little bit. But um, it's still like the emotion is still there. You know what I mean? Like, it's still like a very personal, intimate moment inside Kanye's mind. And there's a lot of like really creative stuff that goes on in the song, uh, in the, in the album from the, like, I thought about killing you intro, which I thought was brilliant, um, to, to ghost town, which I think Kanye said before that that's his favorite song that he's ever made. So it was a, it was a super good album. I just think that all the albums that come after this on my list, just, just rank a little higher on it. I agree with that whole, um, wholeheartedly. I th- I think um, there's an... Oh, here we go. Here we go. There's, there's an, an element. element. <laughs> <laughs> you just feel it coming. It's like yeah. a, it's like yeah. a sneeze. <laughs> there's an element of this Bon Iver-esque uh, yeah, Kanye. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he goes into the... Goes into himself, really. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. comes Very out... Similar experiences of how they yeah. made albums, too. Yeah, totally. And um, I can definitely read... Uh, the. I read a lot about the fact that uh, his whole album was based on, you know, his own personality, his bipolarity, and right. expressing that through his music. And I, I felt like I could really read that. For sure. Um, personally, I think I would rate Ye higher. Yeah. Um, closer to, like, four or five, maybe. Dude, I really wanted to. There, <laughs> there's so many good Turns albums. Out, there's other albums, too. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> yeah, um, no. I totally liked the way he um, expressed his personality, expressed his emotions, um, whether he made it in two weeks or not. Yeah. 
By the way, at review tomorrow, can you tell, can you uh, tell the professors that I made my stuff, you know, in two weeks, and it really just embraces the emotion <laughs> in it? And <laughs> you tell them yourself, bro. They're gonna love it. <laughs> All right, cool. Number eight. Number eight, and this is probably my most controversial opinion on this list. But at number eight, I've got graduation. Ah! Oh, I know everyone's gonna everyone's <laughs> gonna lose their mind. How how could you put graduation so low? Newspaper but- article tomorrow. <laughs> the Commodore. <laughs> the Commodore overthrown. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. The Why? Commodore is never going to graduate. <laughs> Oh my lord. Speaking of, why is this called graduation? Cuz cuz Kanye graduated. Duh. What do you mean? No, um I think I think it's actually called graduation just to follow the like the trilogy of like college dropout to late registration to graduation. This was supposed to be his like his victory lap after college dropout and late registration were so uh so successful. So like Yeah, that's he he be graduating, but like he be metaphorically graduating. <laughs> Can I metaphorically graduate with a bachelor's in architecture? <laughs> <laughs> Overall, on graduation, I don't have a ton to say, but I just like the album. It's as simple as that. Like, it's good vibes. Yeah. I, I said vibes. Shit. Uh, if there's ever a time to say it, though, it's on graduation. Well, the vibes were the vibes were really great vibes. <laughs> vibes, 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 vibes. The vibes were awesome. The vibes were really, Please really vibes. Stop. <laughs> we can't go on like this. Um... <laughs> graduation incredible album it was when i was in high school it was my favorite kanye album easily um that's the thing i i, I have a lot of memories associated with graduation yeah. it's one of those memorable albums you yeah know, a lot of good vibes <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, it it does have like really good vibes but i i what don't think shut up bro <laughs> In my in my opinion, I know it was like super good um, in terms of like adding this like element of pop to hip hop. Mm. Oh no, I said element, <laughs> but it's it's all sorts of odd fish cliches today. But um, it was it was super good in that sense, um, and it took inspiration from like Daft Punk and a lot of like really interesting places that um, and like techno music and a lot of places that um, hip hop had not been influenced by previously, and it was really influential in like ushering in a new era of hip hop. However, I think that in terms of like influence, um, it doesn't rank as high as some of Kanye's other albums that we'll we'll get into later. But um, I think the visuals were also really really oh, nice. Oh, they were incredible. The like Murakami album oh, cover, so the like good. the music videos, they were all brilliant. So good. And I, obviously, he's done like more stuff with Murakami too. But oh, I love yeah. the graduation stuff. Um, and the music video for Good Morning and things like that. Exactly, yeah, so it was, good. It was brilliant, dude. So good. Um, there, there are very few songs on this album that are a miss. Like it's a, it's a great album, yeah. all around. Um, oh, and um, while he was making this album, there's this, there's this kind of like controversial story where so much controversy. I know today. it's un- unbelievable. <laughs> Kanye's controversial. Who would, who would guess? But um, he was. He was in this like competition essentially with 50 Cent at the time because 50 Cent was this like well-established like figure in hip hop and Kanye was although like he he had released like College Dropout and uh, Late Registration he was still like an an up and coming figure and so Def Jam who had both of them signed made it like this huge like publicized rivalry that both of their albums would drop on the same date and um, 
and they wanted to know who would get more sales. So they made this this huge, huge competition. And at this point, Kanye was kind of considered an underdog at the time compared to the compared to the legend Fifty Cent, who was already you know he was such a big name. I love how unironically you said that. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but when the albums dropped, Kanye's album outsold Fifty Cent's, and it like it wasn't even close. So it was almost a dollar at that point. Yeah. <laughs> That was so bad, dude. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll give you the rest of the eight next episode. Never. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, my God. Okay, let's move on. Who's next on the list? Oh, wait, wait. Last thing. We're um, not moving on, folks. No, no, no. Last thing. I'll be, I'll be very quick with it. But the last thing is uh, to follow that story, like, yeah, um... Yeah, like Kanye like was this like underdog hero and he outsold 50 Cent and all that. But some people believe that it was a trick by the music industry to like kind of throw out the old age of hip hop and replace it with this new fresh artist and this is this is like the technique they used to establish them because Def Jam signed both Kanye and 50. So why would they pit their own artists against each other, right? So well, it was more of a money-making tactic at that point, isn't it? Well, part of the like money-making tactic is to get this like new artist, so like to put this new wave of hip hop mm, so because... they can continue Exactly. Okay, keep exactly. Building so they can that. get these like younger guys up there right, who okay. are signed to Def Jam, right? So Makes sense. That that's the that's one of the theories behind it, but what do you think? We'll let you decide. Turns out uh, Jeff Def Jeff. Turns out Jeff Jam <laughs> is really good at marketing. <laughs> All right, who's up next? Our number seven album, we've got Yeezus. Okay. Very, very okay. good album from Kanye. Uh, this was at the point in his career where he'd already released My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, so he had created what a lot of people would consider a perfect album, right? But um, from there, he wanted to kind of like expand into more like territory outside of just the world of music that... Um, that when a like a musician achieves a certain level of like fame and significance, like Prince or MJ, they can start expanding into other things. And this was Kanye's like want, like he was wanting to expand into things like fashion and uh, and even architecture, because Kanye would say in an interview later that his biggest inspiration for Yeezus was a single lamp designed by the legendary architect Le Corbusier. So shout out to shout out to all the architecture majors. Kanye's fighting our battles for us. But um <laughs> shout out to God. Um fun fact on this album, not that I know of any fun facts, but fun fact <laughs> about myself was that the first song I ever heard of Kanye's was New Slaves, not the original, but remixed by a DJ called Birdman. <laughs> and I loved that. I loved the New Slaves remix yeah, yeah, by yeah. Birdman so much that I was like, maybe I should check out this guy Kanye. This <laughs> is like 20, 2013. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'll just, let me listen to Kanye. Turns out he was a little bit better than Bird- <laughs> Birdman. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh my God. I really liked Jesus though. I think um, it was kind of experimental in what he was yeah. trying to do. And um, he used like all kinds of weird samples and things like... Um, um, what's that one song where it's super explicit? I'm in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but overall, really experimental. Really like a, a cool album in my yeah. my mind. Um, and a lot it was like a lot of it was like to like a, express a lot of like emotion that he does through this industrial rap thing, which is super weird because it's 
it's so much about like frustration in a way that like the whole world is like going against him and they're not they're not like letting him like get his ideas out into the fashion industry they're not letting him like be free basically and it's just it's like this like really elaborate protest against that which is which is super cool i just the one thing that always gets me now that we have jesus is king yeah is that we have Kanye's thought on I'm a Jesus I'm a believer. Yeah. Well, no, he was a god, but now he serves the god. Yeah. You know that that whole transition from seven years ago or whatever it was, six years ago to now. Yeah, this is really like the exact opposite of yeah. Jesus is King, and it's so it's so interesting. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, uh, another another incredible album, especially if you look at some of the some of the really like musical moments, like the guitar solo on "Hold My Liquor." black uh bound to guilt trip like there's some crazy moments on this that he's like he's done himself or he's done through collaborations that are that are super special so yeah great album uh number six we got the college dropout kanye's debut album uh this was when he was he was just a young producer in chicago making five beats a day for three summers yeah he was like like 10 years old <laughs> now you know what's crazy kanye was like 27 when he made the college dropout which like which is old for the music industry. yeah you've you, you usually got to be in your like young 20s to break in so the fact that's that crazy he was, like, he was 27 and he did it was super the fuck cool. was he doing for the for the rest of his life okay what was- <laughs> so what he was doing was kanye he did drop out of college that's why it's called the college dropout when he Shocker. figured out music was his passion yeah believe it or not but when, um, when, that, when are you gonna do that I mean, depending on how how review goes tomorrow, it could be a lot sooner <laughs> than you expect. Um, so yeah, he he drops out of school and he's just like making beats in his mom's basement uh, for the for Classic. the longest time. And then because he his his whole thing is like the soul sample, and that's becoming really popular. And Kanye's, um, I'm not gonna say he's one of the pioneers of it, but he does do the soul sample well enough for him to get noticed by big names like uh, like Jay Z and. Uh, dame what's his name but um i love that guy yeah um, <laughs> dame dash that's his name but um yeah so yay uh he's like he's producing for other artists and he wants to rap too but nobody's letting him rap you know what i mean um like there's this story about how kanye played jesus walks in a room full of like big names and they're all like oh yeah good job and then he walks out of the room and they all just start laughing at him um and they're all like making fun of him and shit and then the album the the song goes on to win a grammy later so it's uh all jokes on them i know dude uh but one of the one of the things that like really draws me to kanye that i respect is like even even at this time when the entire world told him he couldn't be a rapper nobody like nobody cared to see him rap they were just kind of using him for his beats and everybody had to like tell him what he can and can't be he knew like he still had that like kanye ego this whole time because he knew like this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And I'm not letting anybody else tell me otherwise. And then he did it. And so that's, I don't know. That's one of the things that I really respect about him. And the college dropout is like a manifestation of that. I absolutely love that about Kanye. It's that's, crazy. It's so annoying sometimes to hear him talk and say shit. And you're like, <laughs> dude, no. But uh, I really, really respect that like you do too. I, I respect the perseverance, just the internal compass to keep yeah. going. That's really fresh. And it was also like how to like how to believe in yourself when you're different, I guess, because at this time, like you had to have like sold drugs or like killed people or been in a gang or whatever. You had to do that like Jay Z type shit if you wanted to be a rapper. But Kanye, like he was like an upper middle class like resident of Chicago. He had like a comfortable lifestyle. He had both his parents. So um, 
a lot of people like would say that he's he's too soft to be a rapper but his like he like pioneered you know this like you can you can be this like you know like middle class person you can be like relatable to uh to most of the population yeah, not everything needs and, to be a struggle story. yeah exactly and you can still you still make him so that's fair overall for the album i didn't think it was like something extravagant i'd probably switch it out for yay in terms of the ranking like right. somewhere back around uh eight or nine um but uh i remember listening to family business for the first time oh, like yeah. four years crazy ago crazy song <sighs> so so good i yeah. love that song um all right so we've been talking your ear off for a second now and we're gonna try something new and take a 15 second break yeah here's so, so here's a 15 second break Welcome back from the 15 second break. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you had a hope your ears are relieved from hearing us talk. <laughs> now we're going to talk to you for more. Let us know if that was the best part of the podcast <laughs> for you. Okay. So we've been halfway through Kanye's albums. We've gotten to the bottom 6. Now let's do now let's do the top half starting with number 5, The Life of Pablo. The Life of Pablo at number 5. And I'm going to let you talk cuz I know this is your favorite Kanye album. So I'm going to let you talk about this one. All right, well, it's my favorite Kanye album. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're going to take another 15-second break. <laughs> I don't know. I really, really liked The Life of Pablo. I don't know if that's because... Um, actually, I know exactly why it is. It's because my music taste until about 2016 or 2017, let's say mm-hmm. 2016, sure. was shit. <laughs> nice. I listened to New Slave's Birdman remix. So that tells you... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that tells you where my music taste was at. I think it took a while for me to actually understand that I can have my own music taste. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Understand that I can, like, have opinions about this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously now I, I, I'm, i like, all over the place in terms of music. I'll listen to anything. But um, I think The Life of Pablo is where I first... Um, I was getting into having opinions about music and, and finding out about what you can do um, as like an experimental album or what you can do as like a what you can do as Kanye basically yeah and yeah. so I really liked it it was sort of uh, it was it was really anticipated at the time and um, I liked being able to illegally download it oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> that was funny um, <laughs> I felt really powerful walking around and being like oh you haven't listened to it yet <laughs> shocker dude <laughs> You don't have LimeWire? Crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a this was a really weird release compared to the other albums. Yeah, cuz it was it was all like illegally downloaded and Kanye also made like edits to the album as it was coming oh, yeah. out. He added St. Pablo at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was so shocked when people were talking about St. Pablo and all I had was the illegal downloaded yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Wait, this isn't here. What are you talking about?" <laughs> um overall though, I think he has some crazy features on it. And um, all good, by the way. I loved yeah, all the features sure. on there. And I think the uh, the production quality is really, really good. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, mm. Obviously, it's Kanye, so it's going to be good. But, um, yeah, my favorite is that. So, yeah, this was, like, one of the first times Kanye uh, ever messed with, like, editing an album after it had already come out. And he would do that with 
I think pretty much every album he ever released after that, but this mm-hmm. was the first and probably most dramatic instance of that, given that like he added another song to the end of it. Right. But um, it also was the first streaming only album to ever win a Grammy. And so this like kind of like it, it pioneered other artists like Chance, like with Coloring Book being the first mixtape to win a Grammy. Yeah, so yeah. It, um, it so paid it was, way for things like that. It was the first streaming only album ever. No, just yeah, yeah, ever to win a Grammy. Oh, yeah. that's that's amazing. Yeah, wow. I know. Um, so yeah, it was it's pretty cool. Um, some some of our favorites: Ultralight Beam, uh, Waves, Father Stretch My Hands, Real Friends, Wolves, Thirty Hours, No More Parties in L.A., Saint Pablo. There's there's so wow, many. It's almost good songs. like you named the whole album. <laughs> okay, the thing is, I only really named like half the album because there's so many songs on it, and it's why it's why the life of Pablo isn't as high because. Songs like Ultralight Beam and Waves, those are, like, incredible, like, undeniably some of Kanye's best work of all time. But it's also got some some songs on it that are kind of weird, some, like, some skits that don't really make sense, some, like, Silver some Surfer, Surfer Intermissions. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's a... there. Here we go again. There's, there's an, an element, element of... <laughs> nice. There's an element of how many bangers or how many 10 out of 10s do you have per album. Yeah. And that's like a, it's like an internal algorithm that you have to kind of use to figure out which ones, which album's holistically good. Yeah. And it's like a philosophical difference between Rish and I, because Rish believes that uh, it doesn't matter how many like bad songs you have at us, uh, on an album, you only really like factor in the good ones to your ranking. Mm-hmm. But I personally think that like, and you'll see this in my next pick, but I personally think that like bad songs on an album do like drag down the quality of the overall album yeah. fair enough uh number yeah. four pablo let's incredible album and at number four we got the collab that watch the throne should have been kid <laughs> see ghost with kid cut watch the throne could have never been kid see ghost yeah you're right this kid was, Cudi it was is incredible <laughs> unbelievable um <laughs> and i'm a little i'm a little biased about this because uh because kid Cudi really quickly became my second favorite artist uh at the time and uh we've been hearing like rumors of them like working on an album together and like you know like being being cited around the world together and finally after over a year of waiting we got kid see ghost which was this like incredible collaboration with the with the two of them where both of them kind of like show off their greatest strengths for each other kanye in terms of production kid Cudi in terms of vocals and it was it was nuts. It was it was one of the only like collab albums I've seen that had truly been like a 50-50 split type thing or a thing where like both artists had made the other one better. It was it was really special and it was super experimental too. There was like there's so much good stuff going on with Kid Sea Ghost. When I first heard Kid Sea Ghost, I was like, this shit is weird. Oh me too, dude. <laughs> and not like in the beginning. And I remember at the time I I had been a Cuddy fan since Okay, I became a Cuddy fan when I was at Ultimate Practice in high school, in like freshman year, <laughs> and this senior drove me home, and he was playing The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, classic. And I was like, okay, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. this? And this dude just like, he's rolling up a blunt and everything, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not this kid. <laughs> dude, that's so funny. <laughs> but um, I was like, okay, I fuck with this. This is good. <laughs> Went home, looked up Cuddy, and obviously, easily. Been a fan it. since then, yeah. Um, but KC Ghost was probably my second favorite of Kanye's yeah it was um, incredible and it had a lot to do with the fact that it was a collaborative album and Cuddy was really good um but also I like the um the Lewis Prima touch 
And I like the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. I don't know how Kanye got Louis Primo on there, <laughs> but I really, really liked. Um, even if he didn't like have a big input on the album or have a have a hand in the album, mm-hmm. I think the little additions of that and the little mm-hmm. like screws and remixes of um, his voice were yeah. interesting to me. I really liked that. Um, and overall, it went from being a "What the fuck? This is really weird" to "Okay, this is really, really good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. Cause it was like it was weird in a good way. Like it really pushed the boundaries of what hip hop could be, and um, it also like it meant a lot to both of them. Uh, just because Kanye and Kid Cudi had had like a really rocky relationship in the past few years, and that and that ended with Cudi or yeah Kanye crying in Cudi's arms on stage at the St. Pablo tour, and uh, and they've been working on the album since then. So there was like there was a lot of like really like personal stuff like invested into that album and it reflects in like the type of music from like from like i can still feel the love to reborn and yeah very very cool album don't cry dude i'm, I'm trying don't cry. <laughs> i'm trying not to oh my god all right number three we're in the top three now in the top three should we take another 15 second break? <laughs> <laughs> okay top three all yeah all three of these are nuts for me um they're nuts they, they really really are but um at number three we got late registration and this one i think for most for most casual kanye fans late registration is mad slept on just because it it um it's not as hyped up as uh the other albums around it from like you know like dropout and graduation at the time. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well not at the time i think like right now it's not as like as appreciated as you know like dropout or graduation or mm-hmm. 808s or whatever um but late registration in my opinion was like he took this style of that he had in college dropout like the soul sample and then he built onto it and then he worked on this whole album with a professional orchestra and like for me you know i'm, I'm biased towards that right but um that's awesome actually yeah you can find like clips on youtube of kanye like working with an orchestra on some of his songs and it it is a little bit awkward because kanye's like he's like kind of an outsider but you can tell like he like understands what he's doing and like the feelings that he's got are like really genuine towards it, and he really cares about like creating a good product and it's uh it's super cool to watch him or like watch like clips of him put it together or whatever but yeah um Late registration is awesome. And also another thing about it is I think it's got some of Kanye's best lyrics to date. And the crazy thing is until 808s, he never wrote any of his lyrics down. They were all just like straight in his mind. And he spit like some of his best verses in late registration. I can't believe he just kept all that up in his head. Wait, until what album you said he kept this in his mind? Until 808s. So he wrote down, if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole. Oh, well, I don't, well, 808 was, like, when he started writing his lyrics. Oh, okay, I don't know okay. If, yeah. Okay. But, like, but that means, like, family business, dude, that was all in the head. Like, oh, isn't God. that crazy? That's, I could never do that. Just, like. I know, dude. Too many thoughts. Too many thoughts. I just scream like he does at, at the end of songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I definitely wouldn't put late registration as high as you do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is. The fact that you're saying that he did it with an orchestra and all that stuff is really, really interesting to me because we have albums like Igor and yeah. um, John Bellion's new album, which are like heavy on the the vocalists or the orchestra in the background. Yeah. Um, and those albums are so so good. So I definitely need to go back and give Late Registration another vibe check. Yeah, and, yeah, definitely uh, do because it like 
it sneaks up on you, dude. Like, it sneaks up on you. It, Interesting. It really does. And and there's another like super cool story about the song We Major, which is one of my favorite songs on Late Registration, where uh where Nas is on it, and Nas and Jay Z were like enemies at the time. But Jay Z always said that that was uh, his favorite song on Late Registration, even though it's got like his uh his enemy on it or whatever, because he said like if the music's good enough, like none of the rest of that stuff matters. Like the like the good music just overrides real it, dude. shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some that's some bigger man shit. Exactly, dude. So <laughs> it's like like late registration really was just that good. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And it's also got some of his most like some conscious songs. Like some, in my opinion, they're like some of his some of his best conscious songs. Like uh, like crack music, uh, diamonds remix. Uh, Do you think the diamonds remix was better than diamonds? Straight up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The remix with Jay Z. That was like that was a good Jay Z verse. Good stuff. So yeah, super good album, and I think it's like equally balanced with like bangers and like deeper songs. And I think I don't know, really, really good overall. All right, number two, we got 808s and Heartbreak, oh. and this one so close oh. to being number one. Incredible. The true. I know. the OG. No. Dude, oh. there's so much. So much to say about this album. We could do a whole podcast about this album alone. But, <laughs> the um, one that everyone's cried to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, God. So, yeah, like I said, it's the first time Kanye actually started writing his lyrics. And this this album wasn't even supposed to exist. Kanye was supposed to make a follow-up to Graduation called Good Ass Job. And that was going to be, like, that was going to be basically, like, Graduation Part 2 and then he faced like a lot of like you know tragic events in his life uh he was dumped by his longtime girlfriend his mom passed who was like who was really close with him and so he ended up creating 808s and heartbreak and he did a good ass job with it imagine that full circle ending (laughs) kanye always delivers (laughs) exactly dude so so 808s and heartbreak this is when he this is when he first started collaborating with kid cuddy actually um it's when it's when he first started utilizing co-writers. Um, yeah, 808s was 808s was a big point of change for Kanye. Um, a lot of people could argue like that was when that was when the old Kanye died, and that was when we got the new Kanye. I don't believe in that like old Kanye, new Kanye shit. Like I think he's been he's been the same. Yeah, Kanye's like I don't love old Kanye. I don't love new Kanye. I like, love. Kanye. I'm just Kanye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I like the. Um, the switch in mindset or the the, the night and yeah. day between that con that old Kanye and the, the new Kanye after 808s. Yeah. Um, definitely not as uh, black and white as Jesus King. Yeah. But you can tell that there was like a switch in what Kanye's trying to do and trying to say. Yeah. And uh, he was definitely trying to be a little bit more experimental. And I love that. I, I think he did a really, really good job with, uh, 808s. And people didn't always think of that at the time because the album, I know I, I've, I've been saying the word controversial a lot, but this really was Are like you about one to say of, it again? It was the second most controversial moment it of Kanye's career, I think, when this album came out because there was this huge like gap in the people that really didn't like it, which were like which were the old heads that be listening to like Jay Z and Nas and Tupac or whatever, and they're like, What is this? Like he's he's singing on a hip hop album? Like this is <laughs> disgusting. And then there were the younger generation that really, really could relate to it. They really liked it a lot. They liked the direction it was heading. And it helped a lot of people at the time get in touch with the like the singer like more like vulnerable sides of themselves and you'll find like some of the most prominent names in music today like if you look at uh we got chris martin on there yeah 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 right 
Um, or is that no? That's not it. Never mind. That's graduation. Oh yeah, home. No, no, no. I'm not talking on the album. I'm talking like that. We're inspired by the album. Oh, so you've got okay, like okay. Lil Uzi Vert, who's like you know like the trap like star or whatever. He's got so um he he cites 808s as a big source of his inspiration. Kevin Abstract, the uh, the leader of Brockhampton. Um, Daniel Caesar too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Frank Ocean actually said that. Who? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you heard of him, but. Frank Ocean said that when 808s came out was the first time that he felt like comfortable singing or something something along those lines. But 808s have inspired like all these, and as much as I hate to say it, Drake was inspired by 808s. But um, we could do a whole Drake episode too, dude. Oh yeah, great idea. Yeah. Which ones are his worst albums? They're all of them. It's actually a tie. <laughs> they're all last place. <laughs> Wait, then they're all first place. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. <laughs> Kanye's albums are all first place. And Drake's, Drake's albums are all, are last, all last place. place. That, yeah. That's obviously um, how it works. <laughs> but yeah, a crazy, crazy amount of uh, musicians that are at the at the top of their fields. And like, you know, like Frank Ocean, Kevin Abstract, Lil Uzi Vert, Daniel Caesar, they're all in like very different realms, but they're still like the leaders in those realms. And it all stemmed from 808. So yeah. the amount I, I've, of... Uh, I don't know if... One thing that you told me a year ago was the the streetlights from Kanye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you know, Daniel Caesar um, so if any of you have heard uh, "Streetcar" by Daniel Caesar, go listen to "Streetlights" by Kanye and uh, just give yourself a little. It'll destroy you. Yeah, you just get a little vibe check on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. And this also had like crazy, uh, crazy like show design, I guess, because he like. Um, like this, this, uh, this album sold out the Hollywood Bowl in two days, and Kanye's like freestyle performance of Pinocchio Story was like was super moving. And this is like it's like an album or it's a song that's never been uh, never been studio recorded. He just does like a live performance of Pinocchio Story. Super cool. Um, yeah, really, really creative. Would you say the album was amazing? It was amazing, dude. So amazing. I was heartless after I heard this album. <laughs> All right. We're getting very close to the end here. So right before we hit you with the number one, I do want to drop an honorable mention for Yandi. Because we never got Yandi, but uh, there is like there are leaks uh, on YouTube of just like songs that were supposed to be on Yandi or like demos that you can just find. And they are so, so promising. Uh, some of my favorites are Alien, Law of Attraction, Hurricane, City in the Sky. And this like... It hits that like love everyone phase of Kanye's life but it doesn't go like so far into like the the way we got Jesus as king right and the like the style he was going for in the production was so was so so good like Jesus is king was a good album but Yanni would have cured like world hunger or something it was it was crazy how promising that album was but we never got a finished version so do what you, you uh do? what was going to say do you feel like Kanye can still release something like Yandi now that Jesus King is out. I don't think we'll ever get something like Yandi just because I think that for Kanye and for a lot of people, it's really hard to recreate an old album because when you're a different place in your life and you have like a different mindset, it's hard for you to go back to these old ideas and be like, let me let me finish up on this. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah, so I, I get that. I really... For anyone that doesn't... Doubt, doesn't spend all the time with Pranav, all 24 hours of their day. <laughs> Just know that he's always regretting the fact that we never got Yandi. Yeah, worst 
the biggest L we've ever taken, <laughs> honestly. Biggest L we've never taken, basically. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, All right, folks. With that being said, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that was good. We just blue balled them, dude. <laughs> um, the number one album of of Kanye's discography, in my opinion. Kanye's. No, wait, hold on. Kanye West's Kanye's best. And for that one, we've got my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which no surprise there. Um, is it's regarded by critics as like the greatest hip hop album of our generation or whatever. Um, <laughs> I just realized if people have actually been paying attention for however fucking long this has been, they would have just been like, there's only one album yeah, left. <laughs> like, obviously what else is going to be? <laughs> I wonder what he's gonna say. We need a drum roll. It's actually it's the lift yourself single. Actually, oh, that's yeah, why yeah. I have his number one. Scoop de poop poop. Okay, um, so my um, beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah. Why why is that number one? Well, I don't even think I don't think Kanye would have said that that's his uh, favorite album because he has said in the past like uh, this album is the closest he's gotten to a perfect album, but is in his opinion. 808s and Yeezus are so much more better because they're more more creative instead of instead of trying to perfect his craft he's like you know he's like uh he's trailblazing yeah pushing yeah. down the boundary for the next generation but which is sort of like a it's a really really powerful skill to have to not yeah, stay sure. in your comfort zone and keep moving forward for sure yeah it's crazy like change is change is better sort of a thing yeah you know? um but I still do think this is Kanye's like his greatest musical moment, and part of that is most of it is because the album itself was just phenomenal. But part of it was the story behind it because uh, after after the 2009 VMA thing where Kanye like stood up uh, when Taylor Swift won some award or whatever, and he's like, "Beyonce should have won this award. She had the greatest <laughs> music video of all time, and all that." And he, he was just basically being Kanye, stating his opinion regardless of who was gonna feel any type of way about it and um whether or not you agree with the fact that he did that that was when everything changed for Kanye because he'd been this kind of like superstar in the public eye the internet the whole world loved him uh but after this after this incident um the entire like the world of like pop culture and fame all turned his back on him and everybody everybody canceled him in quotation marks or whatever and this was this was back before everybody canceled Kanye every other week. So this was like a new thing for him. <laughs> but um, he's like, "What? <laughs> this is going to be happening to me more yeah. often." <laughs> yeah. Dang. So after this happened, Kanye exiled himself to Japan, just kind of laid low for the longest time until you start hearing reports of him uh, working on this album in Hawaii, and you've got all sorts of people like coming through like Chris Rock was there at one point um you have you have big names small names all around working on this album together and uh and the way they made it was really interesting because they'd done it in a way that very few artists had ever approached a collaborative album at that point cuz he really treated it like uh like a collective because he'd get this team of people uh he'd outsource whatever he needed to to people who would do it better than him. He like you know like thought very carefully about his which features isn't and easy stuff. to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's you like got to be selfless about that. Yeah, he's like curating a team essentially, and the way he did this is they they would all like they all basically lived in Hawaii um, for whatever like time periods they needed to be there. But every day, 
the the whole like team would like they'd get up they'd eat breakfast together they'd go to the gym they'd like shoot hoops together as like a team building exercise or whatever and then when they got to the studio they would all have to like dress in suits and stuff like that and uh that was that was pretty rare at the time like you didn't see musicians in the studio carrying themselves that professionally at the time and then at the end of the day they talk about like what they accomplished that day and what they planned on accomplishing the next day so it was taken all extremely professional the way they did it and um that's such a contrast from what you usually see as the normal exactly this method of making things you, exactly. you kind of just wake up and you're like oh i have an idea at 4 a.m let me walk to the studio in sweatpants and pop up yeah. pop up some lyrics or something yeah uh, that's interesting i like that and and yeah you can kind of tell uh how that process reflected in the actual in the actual uh product so it was super cool um what are what are some of your favorites off uh what's or, not my okay favorite fair, fine song. like fine. everything from like the the dark fantasy intro is like incredible and you hear that and you're like oh boy this album's gonna be crazy gorgeous with kid <laughs> cuddy is so like emotional powers everybody's favorite song you know it goes through like so many transitions um all the lights interlude and all the lights are this like spiritual moment dude it's nuts um monster and so appalled are these like awesome group ciphers where there's like there's pretty much no weak verses no weak bars the entire time devil in a new dress is like the perfect lead up to runaway devil in a new dress is one of the only songs one of four songs in kanye's discography that he hasn't hand had a hand in the production himself um and that just that just goes to show how crazy the instrumental on it goes that like kanye west was like okay i can't do a better job than this you know what i mean so that's insane uh runaway obviously is is runaway um that song that song actually started out as a freestyle like kanye just kind of like freestyled some lyrics into it and then developed it into this like this masterpiece that that everybody knows you know what i mean um lost in the world is so so beautiful dude bone iver singing on that song bro it's it's nuts bone iver i could talk for so long about how good this album (laughs) i think that might be my favorite song on the album it's so good right yeah it's it's, it might be my favorite too dude it's so so good dang we really hit them all we really hit them all so incredible (sighs) big big uh big breath of air here yeah i know we (sighs) talked For a, such a long time. One would even say a 15-second break, breath of air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, folks, there you have it. Kanye West's Kanye Best. And uh, that's it. Yeah. That's all we That's all we have for you after, <laughs> after almost an hour. That's it. That's about it. Oh, my um, God. So As yeah. always, please, please tweet us your thoughts. Comment on our Instagram stuff. We're going to be putting out the list um, officially. and uh, Shoot us your own rankings of Kanye's yeah, albums, too. Because I, I know there are some Kanye fans listening to this. So if you if you disagree with anything that either of us have said so far, if you have your own album ranking, if you have any other like interesting like Kanye anecdotes or stories that would go along yeah, with one of those albums. the last albums, time you like, met Kanye? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> your thoughts on Jesus King? If you saw the yeah, film, let us sure. know. Yeah, tell us about that stuff. Anything you got to uh, to speak on Kanye, definitely tweet us at hashtag oddfish. Yeah. yeah. You can you can leave us a voice message on Anchor. Yeah. Um, I love it. You're such a fucking ho, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We'll All see right, you next guys. Week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>